0: Well, give praise to the Lord this morning. Hallelujah! Lift your voice. Shiba kasia nanakasita. Lift your voice in the Spirit. Kena kasibra kasoyatsanda kasta. Kela mononoko sombra kasaiatsatiya. Sesti andarakasita kasobur kosoya. Lift your voice. Kina kasimbra kasatiyatanakasa. Hallelujah! Did I not say to you? That if you would open your heart and receive, that I would pour deficient, I would eliminate the deficiencies in your life. Did I not just say that unto you? Receive that today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah! 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 Somebody's got pain in your right shoulder. You have pain right now in your right shoulder. Goes down your arm, your your shoulder, and your arm is being healed right now. Whoever you are, lift that shoulder up. You're going to find the pain is gone. You're going to be able to move it in ways you could not move it. Where are you? Just wait. Can you tell the difference now? Right there, you feel it? Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Give praise to the Lord. Well, that's healing number one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. Praise God. Man, that just confirms the Lord's here, isn't it? <laughs> it's already confirming, already confirming the word. "Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I am delighted to be in Paducah, Kentucky. Now, did I ever tell you about my very first experience in Paducah? It was not good. It was the early 1970s. And um, we came down here to play basketball against a local university called Murray State. How many of you have heard of Murray State? And we won the game by one point. And as our players were running off the court, the referee said, oh no, 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 no. And they put one second back on the clock and they gave the ball to Murray State. And Murray State threw it in and scored and they won. So we lost a game and won the game at the same time. That was my first experience with Paducah, Kentucky. Wow. And I haven't been back because of it. until Pastor Cody invited me, and so, you owe this to him. I'm still angry. It's been 50 years. I'm going to have to deal with my anger here. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. So delighted uh, to be here today. We, uh, Dr. Jeff Ogle is traveling with me, and we drove up from Tulsa. I, I love driving. And um, uh, you have to start somewhere else to get to Paducah anyway, you know. Uh, uh, you can't get there from Tulsa. You have to go to Dallas, or you've got to go to Chicago, or you've got to go to London or Moscow in order to get here. It's hard to get here. So we just decided to drive. And it was a lovely drive, beautiful through the Ozarks. And uh, we stopped in a little place called Mountain View and had Mexican food. It was delicious. And we got here last night and uh, we've had a nice time, a nice time resting last night and getting prepared for this morning. Praise God. God. Open your Bibles this morning to Acts chapter 3. The um, story is told that a man accidentally fell out of a 20-story window. And as he was falling, he began to pray. Oh, God, please, God, help me. And uh, as circumstances happened, uh, there was a flagpole on about the 10th floor that was sticking out of the building. And as he was falling, he saw it, and he grabbed the flagpole to break his fall. And he was hanging there from the flagpole. And uh, his hands were getting weak, and he began to say, Lord, help me, when the Lord spoke to him. He said, do you believe that I delivered Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from Nebuchadnezzar's burning fiery furnace? He said, oh, yes. Yes, Lord, I believe. Please help me. Well, do you believe that I delivered Daniel from the lion's den? Yes, I believe. Well, do you believe that I delivered David from the hand of Goliath? Yes. Then turn loose. (laughs) The man said, now look here, Lord. (laughs) I got myself into this mess, I'll get myself out. And that's the story of many Christians today. Somehow we believe that we can get ourselves out of the mess that we have found ourselves in. Your fault, somebody else's fault, nobody's fault, but you're in it. You're in the middle of a mess. Someone said, you either are in a mess, or you've just come out of a mess, or you're about to head into one. Life happens, and it happens to everybody. It rains on the just and the unjust, but we have a Savior. His name is Jesus, and his name is higher. Acts chapter 3, and I want to begin reading at the first verse. If you have your Bibles, Acts chapter 3. I'm reading from the authorized King James Version. Good enough for Peter and Paul, good enough for me. (laughs) (laughs) Acts chapter 3. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame, from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have... I give uh, I have give I give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood And walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. And all of the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened unto him. And as the lame man which was healed held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them into the porch which is called Solomon's greatly wondering and when Peter saw it he answered unto the people ye men of Israel why marvel ye at this or why look ye so earnestly on us as though we by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he determined to let him go But ye denied the Holy One and just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and kill the prince of life whom God hath raised from the dead whereof we are witnesses and his name through faith in his name hath made this man strong whom you see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. This is one of the most powerful stories in all of the Bible. And let me just take just a few moments and paraphrase uh, this story. Peter and John are on their way to church. They're on the way. It's the hour prayer. And it was something they did on a regular basis. They were on their way to church. Things happen on the way to church.
1: Amen. Um, right.
0: Come on. Some of you need to get saved from what happened on the way to church this morning. <laughs> On the way to church, they saw a man who had been carried there every day since his childhood. He was crippled. He could not walk. And they positioned him at a certain place by the gate, which is called Beautiful, at that particular place because they knew that this is where people would enter into the temple and people would come in with guilty consciences ready to give whatever they could give to get rid of the sin that they had been involved in the past few days. Right, right, right. Come on. And they thought that was a good place for him to sit in order to beg for money. Yeah. Yeah. And in those days in Israel, you had to wear a certain type of outer garment in order uh, to be a beggar. You had to have a license to right. beg. Yeah. We ought to have that in the United States. Yeah. You had to, and that, that, uh, that outfit, that that uh, thing he wore had to be of a certain color. So from a distance, you could recognize that he was a beggar. No doubt he had that garment on sitting there in the dirt. And he looked up and he saw two men coming. And he expected to receive something from them. And Peter and John saw him and said, look at us. Well, naturally, the man expected to receive some money. Uh-huh. Peter said, silver and gold we don't have. Now, this has been highly mistranslated in the Bible. He was not saying we don't have any money. They had a treasurer among the disciples. Well, you don't have a treasurer unless you have a treasury. It wasn't that they didn't have money. What he was saying was it's not money that you need. You need something else. We don't have what you're you're seeking, but we do have something. So look on us, and what I do have, I give to you. Now, the question is asked, what did he have? Well, the first thing he had was a relationship. He had a relationship with his Savior, He had been on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, washing and mending his nets after having fished all night and taken nothing. When a man named Jesus came walking up with a crowd following him and said, lend me your boat. And Peter had loaned his boat to Jesus and Jesus had used it to preach from and no doubt did many miracles because wherever he went, he did miracles. He was either on his way to heal somebody or he was there healing them or he was on his way to heal somebody else. Can you say Jesus is a healing Jesus? Jesus. And after he preached, he turned to Peter and said, now that you've loaned me something, now that you've sown something, think about that as you were talking this morning, now that you have sown something into my ministry, now launch out into the deep waters and let down your nets for a catch. And Peter said, you must not have known anything about fishing because where we live, we don't fish in in the daylight hours. We fish at night. Uh, because the waters of the Sea of Galilee are crystal clear and fish would see the net and swim the other way. And I know that to be true because several times in my life, I've been swimming in the Sea of Galilee. Yeah. And you can stand up to your chest in water, look down and see your toes. Wow. It's, it's clear. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't know much about fishing, he must have said. And Jesus said, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. Come on. Jesus was building a relationship with Peter. Yes, yeah. Trust me, Peter, trust me. Trust me that when you come to World Harvest, you're going to hear something that's going to cause you to trust God. Yes, come on. Trust the word that you hear. Trust that God knows who you are. He knows where you live. He knows what you're going through and that he has a miracle for you.
1: Amen.
0: Peter said, well, I don't understand, but because you say so, I will do it. And they got into the boat together. Jesus got into the boat with him. How many of you want Jesus to be in your car, in your, in your boat, in your, in your home, in your family, in your job, in your business, in your ministry, in every area of your life? And they got to a certain point, and Jesus, who created the fish, spoke to the fish and said, hit that net. Yeah, come on. And suddenly the net was filled with fish. It was what you called it, a net-breaking, boat-sinking load of miracles. And Peter fell down on his knees, recognizing his own shortcomings, his own faults, his own problems. He said, Lord, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. And Jesus said, no, let's build a relationship. I'll make something out of you. I'll make something out of you. How many of you want God to make something of your life? I want God to make something of my life. I don't want to be what I used to be. I want to be what God wants me to be. And I'm not satisfied with where I am today. I want to move forward. I want what he has for me. And I'm expecting that for me as well as for you in 2024. Praise God. And Peter dropped all the nets and the fishing and followed the master. They built a relationship. It takes a relationship. And many Christians today don't have a relationship with God. They may have walked an aisle. They may have prayed a prayer. Uh, They may uh, say uh, all the right religious words, but they don't have a relationship. It's one thing to have food on the table. It's another thing to have the food in your belly. It's one thing to know about God. It's another thing to have God in your heart and to talk to him on a first name basis. Are you talking to God? He's a talking God, my friend. He talks, and not just in a monologue, in a dialogue. He talks, you listen, and you talk, and he listens. Peter was building a relationship. Now, I grew up in the home of Oral Roberts. How many of you have heard of Oral Roberts, that name? (laughs) I can remember back in the 1970s, my father Oral Roberts' name was recognized by 94% of Americans. I remember those days and those days of television specials that we did. And I was just, I saw a video last night of me back in 1976 when I had dark black hair (laughs) and I had a 32 inch waistline. Glory to God, I miss those days. When I could eat anything I wanted four times a day and still lose weight. Any of you remember those days? Keep your hands down, don't raise your hands up. And we had gone out to Las Vegas to be on Jerry Lewis's muscular dystrophy telethon. We were taking a check of $25,000 from all of our students uh, to help uh, Jerry's kids in his muscular dystrophy telethon. And we were we were singing, uh, we were singing a song and I had my, my singers with me and, uh, and we were on national television, we were around the world and my dad was gonna come on and give the check and we were singing the song. And I remember that and I was singing the song, I've been everywhere, man, I've been everywhere. I've crossed the mountains bare, I've been everywhere. And one one of those places I named was Paducah, Kentucky. Really?
1: Wow. What nice?
0: I've been to Reno, Barstow, and I, I go through this whole routine. I was watching it last night. And I said, didn't I I said, didn't I say in that song Paducah, Kentucky? And sure enough I did. <laughs> I thought about that last night in my hotel room. And I thought I'd just tell you that. I'm yeah. not no charge for that. That's just a free story. <laughs> but I remember that, my goodness, that was in 1976. And um, I grew, up, I grew up knowing a lot about God, but I didn't really know him. Right. Yeah. I knew him through my parents. My bedroom was next to theirs, and I would hear them talking to Jesus in the morning, early in the morning. And they talked like he was in the room. And I guess I was four or five years old before I recognized that Jesus did not live at my house (laughs) because they talked so intimately Uh with him and they waited for answers. They had a relationship. But it wasn't until I was 19 years old when I came to a crucial point in my life and when my father began to prophesy over me and tell me about the healing ministry God was giving me and all that I would do and the, the presidents and the prime ministers and the kings and queens that I would minister to and lay my hands on and the great crowds and where I would go around the world with television. It wasn't until then that suddenly I wanted a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And I fell on my knees and I prayed a sinner's prayer and I received Jesus into my heart. Yeah. And Jesus and I became known on a first name basis. Do you talk to him? I talk to him every day. I talk to him like he's standing right beside me because he is. I talk to him like he's on the inside of me because he is. Do you have a relationship? A relationship. Peter had a relationship with Jesus. The second thing he had was he had an experience. He had experienced the power of God. He had seen the cripples walk. He had seen the lame healed. He had seen the demonic spirits driven out with the word.
1: Amen.
0: He had seen the multiplication of the fishes on the sea. He had seen. Uh, he had even gone to the to the sea himself and thrown in a hook without any bait on it and pulled a fish that had money in its mouth. He had an experience. he had seen the mighty power of God. I grew up seeing miracles wherever I went because because I was with my father and I traveled with him. I, even though I was not uh, really a Christian yet, I still traveled with my dad and I loved to stand by his side. And I loved when he prayed for the sick because many times he'd call me up to stand by him. I didn't realize that God was preparing me for the healing ministry. I just knew I loved my daddy and I wanted to stand by his side.
1: Amen. Right. Come on.
0: Peter and John had an experience. They had experienced the power of God. They had seen the resurrected power. They had seen the man that had been crucified, dead, and buried. They had seen him be raised from the dead. They had seen him alive
1: yeah.
0: and full of power.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Not only did they have a relationship, but they had an experience. And they had another thing. They had the name.
1: They had the yeah. name. Yeah.
0: Yeah. John 16, 24, Jesus said to his disciples, before now have you asked nothing in my name? Ask and you shall receive so that your joy may be full. They had seen him cry, Abba, Father. They had seen him call on God and do mighty miracles, but they had never used the name themselves. And he was giving them the power of attorney to use his name. And the Bible says in Philippians that God has given him a name which is above every name named in heaven and earth. And at that name, every knee should bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He gave them his name. Peter and John are saying, we have a name that's above this crippling thing that has put you out. We have a name. In 1979, I had gone through a terrible trial in my own life personally. It had been heralded across America in newspapers. And I was, uh, I was at a low point in my life. Yep. And I had made a decision, I am finished with women.
1: <laughs>
0: and a friend of mine said, I want you to meet a young lady. And I said, no, thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: he said, she's beautiful. I said, no, thank you been there, done that, bought the video.
1: <laughs>
0: and uh, that evening I was scheduled to preach and there was a crowd of about 4,000 people. He said, she's going to be there and I want to introduce her to you. I said, no, thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: and I preached that night on the subject of David and Goliath and cutting off the head of the giant. I'm
1: on.
0: I talked about how you can cut off the giant that's coming against you, I'm fear, on, yeah. worry, yeah. sickness, yeah. Yeah. disease depression whatever it is. And tonight I said we're going to take that we're going to take that giant we're going to cut its head off. Because we're going to use the sword of the spirit. We're not going to use the same sword that David used, you know. In those days you could do that. You could kill somebody and put his head on a pole, ride through town and say this is what I'm going to do to you if you mess with me, you know. That's what I call the trump theory, you know. Uh, I'm sorry, take that off the tape. <laughs> So I preached that message, and, and uh, at the end, we had a wonderful time. Everybody held that giant up, and we took our sword of the Spirit, the Bible, and we cut the head of that giant off. Yeah. After the service, I went back behind the platform to the little green room they had there, and uh, he, he had this young woman there, and there she was, and she was beautiful. And uh, she introduced herself. She said, hello, my, my name is Lindsay Salem. I said, hello, and um, she said, I enjoyed your message. And I said, well, thank you very much what did you enjoy about it? Uh, you know, I had grown up under the ministry of Oral Roberts and you had to be very careful when you said to Oral Roberts, I enjoyed your message. Because he would say, give me three things you enjoyed about
1: it. Come
0: on. You had to be prepared. That's right. We got in the car after the service. We knew we were going to get grilled to make sure we were listening.
1: Uh-huh. We'd have That's at good.
0: least three points. That's good. Or we were in the doghouse. So I said, what did you enjoy about it? She said, the part about cutting off the giant's head. I said, really? I said, what's your biggest giant? She said, you. I looked at my friend as if to say, what nut have you brought to me? And uh, I, I, I didn't know what to say. So I just said, well, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Oh, so good.
0: And uh, curiosity got me. I couldn't figure out how in the world could I be her biggest giant? We never met. I, I didn't, know, didn't know her. How could I be her biggest giant? I had a lot of problems, but she wasn't one of them. I, I didn't know. Well, I, I, I couldn't stand it. After two or three days, I, I got her number and I called her. And I said, I, I've got to ask you, how in the world could I be your biggest giant? Yeah. She said, well, what you don't know is uh, when I was 12 years old, my father, who was a Lincoln Mercury dealer in Flint, Michigan, came down with cancer. And someone who worked for him Salem Lincoln Mercury in Flint, Michigan, knew someone who worked for your father and prevailed upon him to contact your father to pray for my dad. He was in the University of Michigan Hospital in Ann Arbor, Michigan, and your dad called and led my father to the Lord on the phone and prayed for him to be healed. Now, my father got saved that day, but he didn't live. Several days later, he died. But your father was the only minister that called and prayed a healing prayer over my dad. And our family never forgot it. And my family became a partner with your dad's ministry and began sowing financial gifts each month to help you with the work of the Lord. And when time, when college time came for me, I graduated from college, and uh, and I had I, come here to go to law school. And I, I want to be a lawyer, a tax lawyer. And the reason you're my biggest giant is because I don't have any time to be with you. I don't want to be with you. I don't want anything to do with you. I'm going to be a tax attorney. I don't have time. I'm involved in school. And uh, please leave me alone. I don't want, you're my biggest giant because I'm, I'm running from you. And, and uh, I said, well, how about dinner tomorrow night? She said, okay. <laughs> so the next night I picked her up and we went to dinner and had a lovely dinner. And we, we drove out uh, not too far from where Dr. Jeff lives uh, in Manford, uh, just outside of Tulsa about 30, 40 minutes and there. There's a beautiful lake there called Keystone and there's a wonderful lookout spot over Keystone. I took her up to that spot. See the whole lake in front of us and it was beautiful. It was about dusk and it's just, she was so pretty and so beautiful and I just leaned over and kissed her. And to my amazement, she kissed me right back. And I thought to myself, this has possibilities. (laughs) I uh, I was determined I was not going to have another relationship, and then I met Lindsay. Yeah. And we began to date, and uh, we were in a we were at a time when I, I wanted her to, to meet my parents, and she didn't want to meet my parents. But I said, "Well, uh, they're out in California. We're gonna we're gonna go out and, and see them." So we flew out. And we, the plane was late, and we got there late, and we didn't get, didn't get to the place they were staying until 10 o'clock. And my mother answered the door and said, Come on in, your, your dad's in the bed reading. My dad is a prolific reader. At any given time, he'd read six or seven of the top New York Times bestseller books. Voracious reader. He, she said, He's sitting up in bed reading. Go on back there and introduce her. She said, I'm not, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go into Earl Roberts' bedroom.
1: <laughs> my
0: mother said, Go on back there. And my mother had a way of saying, go on back there. And so we went back into the room, and he, he put his glasses down, looked up, and said, oh, so this is Richard's bride.
1: Oh.
0: She ran out of the room <laughs> and said, why did you bring me here? And we got back home, and we were in a service with Brother Hagin. And Hagin called her out in the service and prophesied over the two of us. And we knew we had a word from God. Now, when you know you have a word from God, right. you know you're going to be all right. Yep. right. No matter what anybody says or does. That's right. And 16 weeks later, we were married. Okay. And we just celebrated our 44th Praise wedding God. anniversary. Praise God. And I'm smart enough to get the last two words of every argument. <laughs> those two words are, yes, ma'am. Any man who says he's boss at his house will lie about other things too. I may be in charge of the ministry, but I'm not in charge at home. And believe me, I know the difference. But when we got married, she took my name. That's right. That's what women do. They take their husband's name. She was no longer Lindsay Salem. She became Mrs. Richard. Roberts. That's right. I gave her my name. And pretty soon, she was pretty good at using my name. <laughs> on checks. On credit cards. And no matter where I was in the world, she could just use my name as if it was, it was like I was standing right next to her. And that's the point of the story. That's what Jesus has done for us. That's right. Yeah, that's He's right. given us his name. Amen. A name which is higher than Hallelujah. any name named yes, in yes, heaven yes. and earth. His name is higher than cancer, come on. Come on. his name is higher than heart disease, yeah, his name on. is higher than diabetes, yeah. his name is higher than arthritis, yeah. his name is higher than cataracts, yeah. his name is here is higher than loss of hearing, yeah. his name is higher than any demon. His yeah. name is higher than fear yeah. or worry or depression or anxiety. Yeah. His name is higher. Yeah. Peter and John had a name. They had a name. And they had one more thing. They had the authority to use it. Not just the name, but they had the authority to use it. What did Jesus say? Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions Friends, he was not talking about spiders and snakes. Amen. He was talking about enemies. Yes. Serpents and scorpions in that day was, an, was, a, was a, a way of saying you can stand against those who are enemies of God. Right. Behold, I give you power, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Right. Right. Not only do we have a name, but we have the authority to use that name. Amen. Peter and John knew that they had the authority. I didn't really know the authority that I had on the day that my father prophesied over me when I was 19 years of age of the ministry that God would give me over the years to come. All I knew was I'd just given my heart to the Lord and I was ready for whatever God wanted me to do, but I didn't understand. It took a while, you know. I'm a 75-year-old overnight success. <laughs> but I learned over the years that I have authority. I have power and people say to me, Richard, when you walk into a room, I feel the anointing. Yes, Now they may not know how to, what to call it. They may not know, they say they feel something. I remember I was in the office of the president of Ghana, one of the 35 heads of state that I've laid hands on in my life. And we were having a press conference and afterwards I shook his hand and, 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 and he said, He wouldn't let go of my hand. And he said, I've held many hands in my life, some hands hot and some hands cold, but your hand has the right temperature. (laughs) He didn't know how to say what he felt, but he knew he felt something. And I said, well, sir, it's not my hand that you're feeling. It's the anointing, it's the power of God and it's the authority to use that name. You have power, you have authority. If you're a Christian, he's given you his name and he's given you the authority and the power to use it. And when you pray a mamby-pamby sissy prayer, isn't gonna get the job done. You've got to speak with authority. When I was 19, my father prophesied over me and said, son, you're not going to have a laying on of hands ministry as I have had. Your ministry will be a word of knowledge ministry and you'll feel the power of God coming up in your chest. It will come into your throat and when you speak, people are gonna get healed. Well, I'd never heard of anything like that. I'd never seen anything like that. My father had a specific laying on of hands ministry in order for him to pray for you. He had to get his hand on you. God, he said God said he's not going to use you that way. He's going to use you different. Aren't you glad he didn't create you to be a robot like somebody else? Yeah, yeah. You are unique. You are irreplaceable. There's nobody like you. Amen. You have a job to do. Yes. Then why in the world are you not doing it? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Why aren't you using the authority that you have? Amen. Power and authority that you have in the name of Jesus. Yes. It takes more than a God bless your prayer. It takes a devil get rid, of, get rid of the devil to Yeah, to pray. In the early 1950s, my father conducted a crusade in Tacoma, Washington. Beautiful area just outside of Seattle. Magnificent area. And uh, his crusade chairman was a pastor, a local pastor by the name of Reverend Bob DeWeese, who had been a Pacific Coast swimming champion. And it only lost to Johnny Weissmiler, who had played the part of Tarzan in that old movie. The only one to ever beat him. He was now a pastor in Tacoma and was the chairman of my dad's crusade. And my dad was so impressed with him during the crusade that after he returned to Tulsa, he telephoned Bob and said, Bob, would you and your wife Charlotte pray about about giving up your pastorate and coming and becoming my associate evangelist, traveling with me all over the world. And Bob and his wife, Charlotte, prayed about it, felt led of the Lord, and uh, gave up their ministry, passed the church to another, and they moved to Tulsa, and he became my dad's crusade manager and associate evangelist for many, many years. I I, I knew and loved Bob very, very much. He was a pilot He flew our ministry airplane. He was in charge of all the crusades and and all the associated events and was the associate evangelist and preached in the afternoon services at the crusade. And in order to get a prayer card to get into the prayer line at night, you had to come to the afternoon service and you had to hear Bob preach. And many times in the afternoon, Bob would have four or 5,000 people because everybody wanted a prayer card. And he wouldn't give you one until he'd finished preaching. Talk about smart. So smart. Well, in Bob's later years, he developed heart problems and had a major heart attack. And he had decided that since his father had died at a certain age, and since his grandfather had died at a certain age, that he would also die at that same age. And he was in the hospital. And they called on my dad to come and pray for him in the hospital. And my father went up and just sort of brushed his hand across him and told him how much he loved him and prayed a brief prayer and walked out. He was met in the hallway by Bob's granddaughter, Cindy. And Cindy said, Oral Roberts, you did not pray a tent prayer over my grandfather. You did not pray with the kind of authority that you pray for when you have have your crusades you go back in there, Oral Roberts, and you lay your hands on my grandfather and you pray a tent prayer. And my father smiled and said, okay. And went back in there and got busy, got down to business with God, laid his hands on Bob and commanded his heart to begin to function. And God healed him and he lived another seven years. Wow. I remember that story like it was yesterday. And uh, I'm doing something very special this month in our ministry, which I want to include you all in. Amen. I wrote a letter to all my friends and partners, which they started receiving just this past week for the month of March. And I, I told the story that I just told you. And I said, I have, I have made a, a special prayer cloth. I'm calling it a tent prayer cloth. And I wanted it to be the color of the canvas of the tent. Uh And so we found a company who could make it in the same color as the tent was. And on it, it says, glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think, Ephesians 3.20. And then at the bottom, it has a picture of the tent and a place where it says, I'm praying for you. And right here, is where I sign my name. This past week, I've signed thousands of these, personally. No stamp. I sit down at a table and hand write on every one of them. Lay my hands on them, pray over them, and send them to people as a point of contact to help them to use the authority that they have in Jesus' name. Amen. And I thought to myself, I'm coming to Paducah, Kentucky this weekend, why don't I bring enough to give one to everybody? Amen. So at the close of the service, the ushers will be in the back, and they'll have one. Be sure and get one. It's free. There's no charge. I want to sew it into your life. And you can see what it looks like. It's the color. It's, it, it's pretty much the color of my, of my dad's tent that I grew up in. I wanted it to be that color. And I'm calling it a tent prayer cloth to remind you of the name of Jesus and the authority that you have to use that name. So I'm here sowing seed into your life. And And I've I've laid hands on every one of them already. I've already laid hands and I've already signed them. I've signed every one. Now, good luck trying to read my signature (laughs) because I'm left-handed and my wife accuses me of, of writing in tongues. You might be able to figure out it's my signature, but it is me. I did it by hand. I had a, I had a, two Boy Scout tables, and I had them, I had I laid them out 50 at a time. I went around and I had a, a chair with wheels on it, and I rolled myself down, laid hands on everyone, signed everyone, wrote r- sign, right hand sign it, r- laid hands on it, roll 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 down, signed. I signed every one of them. I've signed thousands of them, and I got thousands more to sign when I get back home. And I thought as I was signing, I thought I think I'm just going to bring some down here to Paducah and I'm going to give them to you. Now, how do you use this? You use it as a point of contact. Cloth does not heal. There's nothing, there's no healing properties in the cloth, but it is a symbol, a point of contact of the cloth. I remember once, uh, years ago, uh, my dad had a prayer cloth and uh, he went went into the hospital to have some polyps cut out of his nose. He had some polyps way up in his sinuses and and the doctors went way up in there to cut those those polyps out and my mother had pinned a prayer cloth uh, which he had prayed over onto his, uh, you know that backless thing you wear in the hospital? (laughs) You know, when you walk in the hospital you're always walking like this. (laughs) It's a very dignified thing, you know. You know what I'm talking about. Well, she pinned this prayer cloth right here and uh, (sighs) whew, (laughs) <laughs> when they did the surgery, uh, they got the polyps out, but they had, he had a problem. They couldn't get the bleeding to stop. Uh, blood just gushing out of his nose. Now he's he's out cold. I mean, he's under anesthetic, and they could not get uh, the the uh, the whatever it was, the artery, whatever it was, cauterized, and and the blood just flowing. Well, one of the nurses had been a graduate of the school, and she reached over, took that prayer cloth, unpinned it, and jammed it up his nose, and the blood instantly stopped. <laughs> But it's not the cloth. The cloth is merely a symbol, and and you may want to you may want to uh, uh, use this for yourself. You may want to give it to someone as a point of contact to help them to release their faith. And the Bible speaks of that in Acts 19. It says that Paul took handkerchiefs and aprons, or what we would call cloths, and he prayed over them and they were laid upon the sick and the scripture says the sick were healed and the demonic spirits were driven out.
1: That's right. yeah. That's right. That's right.
0: Remember, it's just cloth. Yeah. Right. has no healing property. Right. But it's a point of contact to help you to right. release your faith Amen. and to remind you of the authority that you have. Amen. Now, my friends, you have authority. have authority. The question is, are you going to take that authority? Yes. And are you going to speak with that authority. You have something to do. You have something. You're talking about uh, coming and going here in 2024. You have something as a part of this ministry. God has something specific for you to do and your pastor has something specific for you to do and you need to get under his leadership and say, Pastor, what can I do? How can I use the authority that God has given me to be a blessing to this ministry and to the city of Paducah? You've got that authority. Jesus said, I've given you the authority and the power, but it's nothing unless you use it. You have to use the authority like a mechanic would use a wrench. A mechanic does not put a wrench on a bolt and stand back and say, my, that sure is a beautiful bolt. What a wonderful wrench. No, no, he takes his hand and he turns it. That's authority. And you have that authority. What are you doing with the authority? Get under your pastor. Come to him and say, I have authority in Jesus' name. What can I do? How can I help? How can I be a blessing in the church? How can I help the community? How can I help our outreaches? Get under the authority. What did the Roman centurion say to Jesus? He said, "I, I have authority because I'm under authority. My authority is given to me by Caesar. And I speak to my soldiers and I say, you go and they go, you come and they come, you do this and they do it because I've been given authority. But I recognize that you have authority above all authority. And you speak the word and my servant, my military aid will be healed. And Jesus spoke the word and his aid was healed. And Peter and John said, such as I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus, whose name is above every name named in heaven and earth. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. And he put out his hand and took the man's hand and began to lift him. And as he lifted him, the power of God came into his feet and legs. And suddenly he leaped with joy, dancing and running and running and going into the temple with them. And the people got upset. The religious leaders, there's always somebody who's going to get mad at you. And many Christians shrink back for fear that someone's going to have their feelings hurt because you stand up for the things of God. And they threatened Peter and John and said, don't you teach or preach in this name. You do whatever else you want. You know, God doesn't care how many times how many times you, you come to church. Or I'm sorry, excuse me, the devil. The devil doesn't care how many times you come to church. He doesn't care how many people you put on the bus. He doesn't care as long as you leave out the name of Jesus. Because he knows there's power and authority in that name. What are you doing with it? he's given you the authority. And Peter and John said, look, whether it's right to listen to you or listen to God, you be the judge. But we cannot help but speak of the things which we have seen and heard. And they straightly threatened them and let them go. Christians are being threatened on every street corner now. Not the time to shrink back.
1: It's
0: the time to be bold and be strong for the power of the Lord is in us. And we have a job to be done. What are you doing about it? When you pray, do you believe? Do you just pray some indiscriminate prayer like my dad prayed first for Bob DeWeese or do you do what his granddaughter said? or robbers get in there and pray a tent prayer. That's the job He's given you, and that's the message that God has given me this morning for you. It's time to be a Christian. It's time to hold your head up and your shoulders back. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God into salvation. I'm not ashamed that I'm born again. I'm not ashamed that I pray in tongues every day of my life. I'm not ashamed that I interpret back in my own language so I have direction from God. I'm not ashamed that I'm a seed sower. I sowed in the offering this morning and I'm expecting God to open me my windows of heaven, pour me out a blessing, so much so there's not enough room to receive it. I'm expecting, I am in expectation. I'm believing God. Are you in expectation? Are you believing God? Say I believe it. I believe. Say I believe it, I believe. and I'm going to do something about so it. Well, glory to God! Somebody give praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. At the close of the service, everyone's going to get one of these. Okay? Remember, it's just a piece of cloth. But I got something news for it. Some news for you. When I laid my hands on it, my spiritual DNA went into it. it. My anointing and my authority and my power is contained. This cloth contains my prayers. And it's it's dangerous to the devil. (laughs) 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 My, my My wife has a prayer cloth that my dad gave her and she wears it pinned inside her clothing. I don't remember a time when Lindsay did not have a prayer cloth pinned inside her clothing. And uh, over the years, she has cut little pieces off for people. She'll give them a thread, but she won't give them the cloth. She'll cut off a little tiny corner, and she'll give them a piece of it. She's she's uh, she's very selfish about that prayer cloth. And she has it pinned inside her, her clothing because it has my Father's prayers. This cloth has my prayers. And if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <laughs> God. God. Who has a need for healing in your back? Would you stand up please? If you need healing prayer for your back. Who has a need of healing in your shoulder? Would you stand up for prayer? Who has a need of healing in your feet or your legs or your knees and you need healing prayer this morning? who has any type of arthritic pain or any type of bone or joint problem or muscle problem and you need prayer, you'd like healing prayer this morning, if you would, just stand up. This is a time for healing. God's called me into the healing ministry. One of the reasons why I'm here. I'm called into hospitals. I'm called into homes. I'm called on the telephone constantly. People wanting healing prayer because when they hear my name, they think of healing. Healing. And I can't think of anything nicer to be remembered for, you know, than to be a vessel for God in the healing ministry. Now, somebody who is sitting, just reach out and touch that person who's standing. Just touch them as a point of contact. Father, it's not by might, and it's certainly not by power, but it's by the Holy Spirit that I pray this prayer this morning. I thank you that you are the source of all healing. You said in Exodus 15, 26, I am the Lord that healeth thee. You are the source. And so today I take authority now over this arthritic pain. I take authority over your back, over your feet, over your legs, over your shoulder, over your knees, over your hands and feet. I take authority over every bone problem, every muscle problem, every joint problem in the authority of Jesus' name. I speak to the pain, and right now, by my faith, I reach in and take hold of it and pull it out of you. In Jesus' name, be healed. Every pain, every bone, every muscle, every joint, be healed. Every tendon, every sinew, every tissue, be Healed in the authority of Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Now, just begin moving your neck. Begin moving your back. Begin moving your feet and legs. Begin to examine yourself. See what God's doing right now. There's healing power right now. Healing power is flowing right now in the name of Jesus. Just examine yourself. Just examine yourself. See what God is doing. Now, who has a need of healing in your eyes? Stand up please. Who has a need of healing in your hearing? Stand up please. Who has a need of healing in your breathing, your lungs? Stand up please. Who has a need of healing in your stomach or in some internal organ? Stand up please. Who has a need of healing in your breathing, in your chest? Who has a need of healing in some other area of your body? Who has a condition in your heart or your blood pressure? or your blood sugar and you need healing today? Who has a need of healing of any, any digestive problem or any problem with kidneys or liver or anything like that? Or pancreas? Who has any type of condition in the heart? Be it uh, hypertension or fast beating heart or anything like that? Or an ejection fraction rate? rate, any, Anything like that? Just stand up for Prayer. Somebody touch the person who's standing now. In the authority of, there, here comes healing. Here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. In the name of Jesus. I send that word to you right now. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Every problem with your eyes, be healed. Every problem with your hearing, ears, open up. Cataract, glaucoma, be healed. Loss of hearing, be healed. In the name of Jesus. Breathing. Breathing. Sinuses, allergies, emphysema, COPD, come out in the name of Jesus. Any problem with your kidneys, with your liver, your pancreas, uh, your, your, your stomach, the top of your stomach, the bottom of your stomach, your intestines, your bowels, your colon, be healed in the authority of the name of Jesus. And I include, yes, Lord, thank you for healing the reproductive organs now. In Jesus' mighty name, every every heart beat normally, no more arrhythmia, heart beat normally. I send the word into your heart right now for healing. Blood pressure, blood sugar, be healed. That which is too high, come down. That which is too low, come up. In the name of Jesus. Every tumor, every mass, every growth, Every malignancy come out in the name of Jesus. Be thou made whole. I do as Peter did. I reach out as if I'm taking your hand and I'm lifting you up in the name of the Lord. I'm commanding Satan to take his hands off of your body. And I pray right now for the beginning of healing from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Begin to check yourself. Begin to examine yourself. See what God is doing. Check your feet. Check your legs. Check your knees. Check your back. Check your blood pressure. Check your heart. Check the way you feel right now. Check your breathing. Check your hearing, your eyes. See what God is doing. How many of you can tell right now a healing's happening in you? Hold your hand up high. Hold it up high. I mean, if you can can really tell that something's happening right now, you can tell the difference. Wave your hand at me. Now, with your hands raised, come out in the aisle, step down here to the front. Jump up, come down here, make a line behind me. If you can tell there's a healing, come on. Come on, make a line right here. Turn around and face the people. I mean, if you can really tell there's a healing happening right now, let's just have some testimonies. Who else can tell? You can can tell there's a difference. Examine yourself. you know. Start right down there at the end of that line, Jeff. What happened to you? What happened to you? Uh, Brother Roberts, my, I say I've had an overhaul. I have, you prayed for feet. You prayed for um, eyes. You prayed for
2: uh, the shoulders. All of that uh, I'm thankful for.
0: What I difference did. can you tell? Well, it moves without pain. That's a good way of telling if it moves. <laughs> if it didn't move and not moves, you can tell something. What, what happened to you when we prayed just now? I've had a, a sore leg. And most times I sat back there, I had to sit down while you were preaching.
2: And when people are singing, they sing for so long, I have to sit down.
0: And I know it has something with my back. And I'm trusting the power of Jesus to take care of this. What did you feel when we prayed? Pardon me? What did you feel when we prayed? Well, I'm feeling a lot better. Uh, I do have my hearing aids in, so sometimes it's kind of hard to hear. They're working great today. So... Sometimes I have to take them out. They don't work so well. But uh, I appreciate you coming to Paducah. And I hate that all my mother's school beat you. <laughs> but I went to Mercey. So thank you very much. Well, you, you know, know there's forgiveness. Yes. <laughs> Ma'am, what happened to you?
2: Um, I fell about four weeks ago, and I fractured my shoulder. Um, I've been wearing this sling around. I have not been able to straighten my arm um, it's not fully there yet, but to do this I, I could not do when I got here this morning. Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Power of God's flowing in there. I have a follow-up appointment at the doctor on Tuesday and I will give you the report.
0: it <laughs> in the name of Jesus.
2: Hallelujah. Just... I, I could I could I'm telling you I could not raise this just a little while ago.
1: Put it down. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
2: Thank you, Thank Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father.
0: It's, it's loosening up. There's some I, pain I, in there, but listen, it's loosening Listen, I know because I remember about 20 years ago, I fractured my shoulder. And uh, I went on television the next night and told America what had happened to me. And uh, a man came on the program that night and prophesied that within a few weeks you'd be healed. And uh, I was I remember, I remember what happened when I couldn't, I I, I couldn't even move, Like I couldn't do that. They, they had me start with little circles.
1: Yes. In the, in the shower.
0: I, I know the I drill, I've been the, there.
1: I, I
2: couldn't do the little, you know, I'm going to see if I can do the little circles, is that okay? Uh, uh, I don't want to take a time. I know, I know time, exactly.
0: <laughs> now just start moving it. I
2: couldn't do that at home.
0: Now start moving it now, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah.
2: Look at God. I know,
0: and look at this look at now. <laughs>
2: You're challenging
0: my faith.
1: <laughs>
0: Look, this this is really important. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking that just because it, it starts small, it, it's not happening.
1: Right.
0: Let me tell you just a brief story. Hold it a minute, there, Jeff. Uh, after we got married, uh, my wife began experiencing migraine headaches. And I found out that she had had them off and on since she was a little girl. So she wanted my dad to come down and lay hands on her. And he did. He came down to our house and laid hands on her. And he said to her, you're going to have these headaches for three more days. And then you'll never have another one. And she thought, well, why? Why three more days? You're Oral Roberts. <laughs> she loved my dad. My dad never called her daughter. I only called her daughter. And he said, I don't know why, but the Lord told me to tell you that. And then he turned and said, Lindsay, you're winting. And she said, what do you mean? He said, the Bible says that many were healed as they went. So don't despise the beginning. Don't despise the beginning. She's got her shoulder up to here. In a few days, she's going to have it up to here. Now, what happened to you?
2: Okay, I have arthritis, and it's in my feet, and it's hard to wear shoes, And I get knots in my fingers, and it burns and stings, and I just felt a release and a relief, and I started moving around. I'm like, "That's gone. It don't hurt." I mean,
0: praise God. My
2: knots have even gone down in my fingers.
0: Praise God. Now, can can I help you in a minute? Can I help you? Mm -hmm. Can I help change your vocabulary? Yes. Would you not say I have arthritis?
2: I had arthritis.
0: Well. You can say arthritis is trying to have me. Okay. But don't say I have this. Don't claim it. Okay? Stop talking about the problem and start talking about the answer. Get your vocabulary. I'm not criticizing you.
2: I know that. Thank God. I'm going to change my vocabulary.
0: (laughs) What happened to you, ma'am?
2: Two weeks ago, I went to the... Hospital, 'cause I, I thought I had the flu, and then
0: hospital two weeks ago. Thought you had the flu.
2: Oh put me on a helicopter and sent me to Vanderbilt because the doctor told me that I was in kidney failure and renal failure and uh,
0: kidney failure,
2: kidney failure and
0: uh, renal failure.
2: I have uh, cirrhosis and I had a bunch of issues, but. I'm diabetic and my insulin wasn't working. What you,
0: would you feel today when we prayed?
2: When I prayed. What
0: would you feel today?
2: Well, my legs are much better. I can stand up. and.
0: You could stand up?
2: <laughs> but I'm, anyway, when I got there, they said that I had an infection. And so I wasn't.
0: Well, how are you feeling right atrial? now?
2: So, but I've had a long way to go and I appreciate you
0: all. In the authority of the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray just get it all. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. What happened to you? Oh, you you were the first healing. First. What happened? I got it in my left shoulder, a refreshing. It's gone? It's gone. Praise God. What happened to you?
2: As you, as you said that about his shoulder, well, the Lord told you to say that about his shoulders. I was on my on my right side here. I sleep on my right side mostly, so it was really stiff. But as you said that, I kind of felt like a little little cracking a little bit. But also, as you were um, as you were talking about the eyes, where the Lord was using you about the eyes, the shoulder, the um the eyes and the feet, when you said feet, this right foot, it cracked. I heard it popped. And so, as you were also, you know, the Lord was using you to say certain things, I just got a warmth, all of me. I don't know everything that I've received, but I know
0: that I've received some Praise symptoms. God. Amen. What happened to you? Um,
2: I had been having some problems with my blood pressure and blood sugar not being able to stabilize, and... Whenever we were praying earlier, I just, I had felt like I was going to pass out before you started ministering. And when you started ministering, I just felt like it was gone.
0: What happened to you? Well, I had some um, back
2: pain, lower back pain, and just radiating down my thigh into my Uh knee. And just uh, um, a softball injury in the knee. And just, you know, so it's just, it's just lit up a whole
0: lot. Lit up a whole lot? You know, I can extend. That's Uh healing starting. What happened to you? Well, I, uh year and a half ago, I had a problem with this arm here. I injured it, uh, weightlifting, and uh, it's will recover, and then it may get a little worse or whatever, but that's what I stood up for, and uh, it pops in there still, but I'm believing that it's going to go away, but when I stood up, I could feel in my feet. I've had plantar fasciitis before. I've since been Delivered from that, but I could just feel it. my feet just coming all the way up in my body. I can even feel it in my legs right now. Praise God. It's coming up. And, oftentimes and people describe healing as heat. Point, uh, joint yeah. and bone issues. Praise uh, God. It's just coming up. So. Oftentimes yeah. people describe healing as heat. Thank God. What happened to you, sir? Uh,
2: many years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, multiple sclerosis, and I've always had um, pain and issues with my joints and um, ligaments and everything, just kind of just aching really bad. And then on top of that, last week uh, I hurt my lower back. It popped when I was trying to pull out a freezer at work, and it's been giving me some issues. But as we were praying right there, that heat and that anointing just started flowing over, and I'm not—it's gone. It's gone.
0: Praise God, it's gone. What happened to you? Uh, I've got my right foot had a toe fusion done about 12 years ago, and uh, it has hurt. You know, it hurts all the time. All the time. All the time. What did you feel when we prayed Um, today? I felt a relief from it. It's not, you know, as intense as it was. You know, when I get up and walk around on it, uh, I've got uh, I also felt a little relief in my back muscle that I have issues with. Um, And actually this finger right here has got a lot of uh, stiffness in it. Right now it's warmed up a little bit. I mean, it's a little bit. You can move it? It's a little bit. So your finger, your back, and your foot? All three, yeah. Yeah, praise God. What what happened to you when we prayed? I've had a breathing problem for some time, and I've been in the right church and hearing the right thing, but I've never just taken the time to address it. So, so you're I, gonna would, get I in, would breathe, I you're, couldn't you're take get a full in, breath, and without coughing. And you're going to get involved. Excuse me. You're going to get involved. Is that what you're saying? I'm involved. All yeah. I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, I, I never asked. I didn't take the time. So you did today. You, you, my breathing problem, as I said, I couldn't take a deep breath without a cough. So it's it's gone. Praise God. It's just stopped. What happened to you?
2: Well, I've had about half of the things you mentioned that I've dealt with for years and years and prayed for healing. And things would just keep coming back on me. And this morning, my shoulder hurt so bad from a torn rotator cuff, I was just miserable. And you spoke about the shoulder healing. I said, I'll take that. And then a while ago when you prayed again, I just like felt. Not wind, but like a rush of something coming toward yeah. me to the back of the room. I
1: felt it too, and
2: and I grabbed it, and the pain left my shoulder. Now the enemy tried to put it back on, but I won't receive it. I will no longer have a torn rotator cuff and sore shoulder, and I'm just very grateful that God is healing that. I'm expecting the other things as well, but this is the first one I've noticed.
0: Praise God! What happened to you?
1: Um, when you were praying, I I got diagnosed several years ago with. Um, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, and it brings with it a lot of times a mammal allergy, and it kind of randomly um, hits different parts of your body in different people in different ways, and my heart has had issues with blood, sure. high blood pressure, and it races.
0: What did you feel this morning when we prayed?
1: It The racing stopped. So the it, racing stopped? Yeah, the racing in my heart stopped. I mean, I've got my shoulder. I've torn rotator cuffs. So I've got cartilage in my knees and stuff and so i was staying standing while you were saying many of those things because i had issues so i'm believing god that it's all
0: taken care of praise god so i'm thankful what happened to you
2: i've had lower back pain all across my lower back since about december and it sometimes goes into my stomach. And when you started praying, it felt like God was taking a scissors going snip, 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 snip. And this release was going across my back almost like like the seals were <laughs> being broken or
0: something. Pain's gone? Oh, it's, hallelujah. It's,
2: it's, it's, it's winting just a bit, but <laughs> it's, it's almost all gone.
0: Everybody stand with me. Loose the rest of it in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you and praise you for these testimonies. And others who have testimonies will be giving them later during this week. I thank you and praise you. Thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. I pray over each one of you a complete healing prayer from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Be healed today and I expect a miracle. Now say it with me. I believe. I believe. Say Richard, Richard. I believe. I, believe. I, agree, I agree with you. I agree I'm with you. not coming out of this agreement until the healing fully manifests in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, be seated for just a minute. Uh, after, after the service is dismissed, they'll have the, the those tent prayer cloths in the back. Take one, okay? It's my gift to you. Also, somewhere in the church there is a a table that has uh, resources for my ministry out in the lobby. And I I brought some things uh, that I thought you might be interested in. One is my book called Thrive, Eliminating Lack from Your Life. It's available out there. There is a a CD called Your Secret Weapon, The Unlimited Power of Every Believer. There's also a little booklet on how to put a prayer cover over your life. If ever there was a time when we needed a prayer cover, it's now. If you look at the state of our country. And then also, I wrote a book called A Spirit of Excellence, and I think it'll be a blessing. Those are available out there, and I'm looking forward to tonight, and tomorrow night, and Tuesday. I get to spend four days in Paducah, Uh Kentucky, (laughs) home of Murray State University.
1: Technically, it's in Murray, not Paducah, so you're you're confined to love. Technically,
0: technically, it's in Murray. When we drove in, we drove right past it. It's
1: an hour away from here. So you're in in safe territory.
0: I'm in safe territory here. (laughs) I understand. I'm turning the service back to you.